to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. What do you mean submitting to your husband? We're not supposed to do that. That's puritanical. You know, this is the 21st century. Get over it. That's the world's mentality. But the Bible says that women are to submit to their husbands. I have seen women hinder God's will for their husbands and for their families by putting their own will, wishes, and comfort above the call of God. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Genesis, chapter 2, in a message titled, The Order of Creation. Now, here's Pastor Brian. It's so important that we understand the setting of the biblical account. Jesus and the apostles radically broke with the traditions of their day regarding women. Now, you see, we read the Bible, we read the New Testament. And we, we cannot help to some extent but read it through the lens of our own experience. So when we read about Jesus having a conversation, say, for example, with uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, that it's no big deal to us. We, we don't, it's just, okay, Jesus was having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. Now, if we understand a little bit about the cultural distinctions between Samaritans and Jews, we, we might understand that there was a bit of Uh, what you might call racial tension there. And so we might factor that in. But do we realize, again, that Jesus was recognized as a rabbi and the rabbis had taught that a man should never publicly speak to a woman. So Jesus is breaking with the tradition of the day. But you see, we read that and because we don't necessarily understand that, we don't realize how radical and how revolutionary Jesus was in his dealings with women. Jesus publicly associated with women. He called them to be his disciples. He allowed them to serve in the ministry. This was unheard of. This did not happen. This did not happen. As a matter of fact, it was women who were first entrusted with the message of the resurrection. That was about as countercultural as you could possibly get. And if it were not true, the Bible never would have recorded it because no one in their right mind wanting to spread a new religion would make note of the fact that women were the first ones to spread the message. That just was so against the cultural grain. Paul, who is often vilified as a sexist oppressor, Paul is the one who penned the words, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, again, these words went entirely against the cultural grain. Paul referred to certain women as fellow workers in Christ. All of this was revolutionary for those times. As one historian put it, and I think accurately so, 
The birth of Jesus Christ was the turning point in the history of woman. The birth of Jesus Christ was the turning point in the history of woman. So ladies, never, ever, ever buy into the idea that it was because of the message of Jesus or the apostles that women have been oppressed. Now, next week when we talk about the man's role, I do want to give you some, again, some historical understanding of of what happened because unfortunately, some of the church leaders later after the apostolic period, influenced by not the Bible, not Jesus, not the apostolic record, but influenced by Greek and Roman culture, began to reintroduce some of those ideas about women, some of those negative ideas. But you can't find that in the pages of Scripture. And and as you understand the cultural taboos and you see Jesus and the apostles operating in that context, again, we understand that the accusations that uh, the Christian faith promotes the oppression of women are simply not true. But now back to the main subject here. Wives submit to your own husbands. Now, now first of all, notice, the instruction is, is for a wife to submit not to just any man or to men in general. And of course, in some cultures, even today, a woman is to some extent to be submissive just to men in general. But it was very specific, the command that was given. Wives are to submit to their own husbands. Now, you might ask the question, well, what if I disagree with his decision? Well, you see, here's the thing. If you agree with his decision, there's really not any need to submit, is there? So submission implies, to some extent, somewhat of a disagreement. You don't necessarily think it's a great idea. You don't necessarily want to go in that direction. But this is where submission comes in. This is where you say, okay, I'm going to respect you as the one that God has given authority and headship in this relationship. And so even though I don't necessarily agree with you on this particular matter, this is the way we're going to go because this is the decision that you've made. Now, we live in a climate where the idea of submission or the submission of a wife to her husband is not only looked down upon, but in some cases openly ridiculed even in the church. Now, I have heard myself, I've heard sometimes women discourage other women from submitting to their husbands. Oh, you're not going to do that, are you? He expects you to do that? He wants you to make him dinner every night? What is the matter with him, that beast? (laughs) Oh, you shouldn't do that. That's not helpful. And it's not, it's not in keeping with, with the word. Now, you know, again, we are victims so often of our culture. And because this view is, is quite prevalent in the culture, 
Inevitably, so often, it'll creep into the church and even sometimes unintentionally, we just start taking on attitudes and views that are contrary to what the scriptures tell us. And so we have to resist that. Remember, if you were here Sunday morning, you remember we talked about Paul's admonition not to be conformed to this world. And you can apply that in many different areas. This is one area where you can apply it. Because in our cultural environment today, the idea of, of a woman submitting is just, that, that's, you know, that's absurd. That's unheard of. I remember a few years ago, there was a particular person, I think it was somebody who was maybe nominated to hold a position on the, on the Supreme Court or something. But, you know, as they were going through the process and the senatorial hearings and all of that, it came out that he actually held to a, a biblical view that women were to submit to their husbands. And, and this caused a complete uproar within the media. And all different kinds of people were chiming in on how horrible and how archaic and how prehistoric and how oppressive these ideas are. So, you know, if, if you promote this, if you give yourself over, over to it, there, there are many people that are just going to look at you like, man, you are nuts. What do you mean submitting to your husband? We're not supposed to do that. That's puritanical. That's what they did back in the days of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> you know, this is the 21st century. Get over it. We're free. We're liberated. That's the world's mentality. But the Bible says that women are to submit to their husbands. I have seen women hinder God's will for their husbands and for their families by putting their own will, wishes, and comfort above the call of God. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. And, and on many occasions in, you know, the circles that I am in and the different responsibilities that I will have, you know, sometimes I will find myself in a situation where God is clearly leading a family in a certain direction, but the woman has just simply dug in her heels and she says, no, I'm not going. And the husband is convinced that, no, this is, this is what God is calling us to do, but she's just saying, no, that's wrong. It's wrong. God says that the wives are to submit to their husbands. Women, this command is not an outdated or a sexist idea. It is God's will for the wife, and it is, it's the right thing. It's the best thing. Now, I am aware, as I'm speaking to you tonight, I am aware that there are some of you ladies in here who your husband's we're absolute idiots. I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> I watched them. But, but listen, because I don't want you to, I don't want you to be under, under any condemnation over this. There are women in here whose husbands cheated on them. There are women in here who, whose husbands were uh, truly abusive to them. And none of what I'm saying, please don't leave here tonight 
feeling like you've got some big weight on your shoulders that somehow you should have made that marriage work, you were married to a jerk, just plain and simple. You know, oftentimes uh, a woman will, you know, tell me, you know, that her husband is cheating on her or that he's radically abusive to her and all of that. And, and you know, as she's talking, it, it sounds like, just by the terminology that she's using, it sounds like she thinks that her husband is a Christian. And I will often just say, hey, listen, if your husband is cheating on you and if he's, he's physically abusing you and things like that, I don't care what he calls himself, he's not a Christian. And if you've been in a situ- situation like that and you're out of that situation now, know that God has just had mercy on you and delivered you and don't, don't be condemned over that. But on the other hand, we have to be careful also because... I have likewise talked to some who have wanted out of a marriage that they didn't really have any biblical basis to get out of. They were rebellious and unsubmissive and interpreting certain things as different kinds of abuse and things when I don't think that falls under the the real definition of that. So... We want to be careful in regard to both things. But that brings up the next question. What if you are married to a man who is not obeying the Lord? And, and, and I want to say here, again, I'm not talking about a, an adulterous man or a, or a genuinely physically abusive man. But, you know, what, what if you're married to a guy who's, who's just not obeying the Lord? He's not seeking the Lord. He's not following the Lord. Maybe he was at one time but he's no longer doing that. Or maybe he never has been. But he's been faithful, and he takes care of you, those things. But it's just not, it's not the ideal situation by any stretch. And, you know, for you, just the thought of being submissive, that is a very difficult thought. Because you know the guy is not where he's supposed to be. Well, even in that situation... Ladies, the instruction is to be submissive. Peter says in his first epistle, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, for the wives, he says, wives, be submissive to your husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word might be won by your conduct when they observe your, your godly lifestyle. And even, you know, in those times when, when it's a very difficult thing to do, we're, we're still called to do it. You know, in some ways, we've fallen under the mistaken notion that the Christian life is supposed to be easy. That is a totally mistaken notion. The Christian life can be filled with difficulties. It can be filled with hardship. And sometimes the difficulty and the hardship is in the context of a relationship. And the difficulty is the relationship is not what it should be. The relationship is basically a miserable relationship. And everything in you wants to get out of the relationship. But God doesn't give you permission to get out. Now, you see, we sometimes will, you know, 
we, we will think in our minds that surely this couldn't be God's will that I stay here because I'm miserable, I'm suffering, this is unpleasant. And again, this guy is a moron, he's an idiot. Surely God does not want me to be married to this guy. I wanna serve God, I wanna seek God, I wanna follow God, and he's just, he's nowhere with the Lord. But there's no biblical grounds to really get a divorce. But you see, again, we, we get into this mentality that, well, if it's, if it's uncomfortable, it must not be God's will. Well, where do we find that at? <laughs> you can't find that in the Bible. A lot of God's servants found themselves in a lot of very uncomfortable circumstances. And God didn't always immediately deliver them from the uncomfortable circumstances. He wanted to teach them things through those. So, ladies... If your husband is not obeying the Lord, that's still not a basis for not submitting. Now, of course, there is one exception to this rule of submission. Someone might ask, what if my husband asked me to do something against the scriptures or against my conscience as a believer? Well, of course, that would be the exception. If your husband comes to you with some a suggestion or even some sort of a command that you do something that is a clear violation of the scripture or even that you do something that clearly and, and genuinely violates your moral conscience, then that's the place where you can simply say, you know, I can't go there. I can't do that. You, you know, the Bible gives all of us the general admonition to obey the governing authorities, to be submissive to to the governmental powers. But of course, again, the exception would be if the government tried to you know, force us to, to do something that would equal disobedience to God. We see an example of that in the book of Acts where you remember the apostles were commissioned to go preach. The, the civil authority said, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. We are not allowing you to do that. They went out and continued to do it. And then when they were arrested, you remember the authority said, hey, we told you not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus. And they said, look, well, you decide. Should we obey God or you? We, we've got to obey God in this matter. And, and so the same thing is true in this context. If it is a violation of scripture or a, a genuine violation of the conscience. Now, I say a genuine violation of the conscience because, of course, you know, we can't come up with frivolous little things. Well, you know, it's just against my conviction to make you dinner because I just, you know, that would violate my convictions <laughs> that I don't want to do anything nice for you. <laughs> you can violate those convictions. It's all right. <laughs> but we're talking about truly moral types of things. Now, as we look at the passage, again, notice that Paul says, that wives are to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord. And, and ladies, you know what that means? That means that in some cases, you're going to have to look beyond your husband to the Lord. You're going to have to simply say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I can't do it for him but I'm gonna do it for you because you called me to do it. 
because it will please you, because this is your will. Lord, I am going to do it. That's what it means to be submissive to your husband as unto the Lord. And sometimes even you know, taking it out of the context of, of the marital thing, you know, there are some times that God calls us to do things that are difficult, things that are unpleasant, things that are uncomfortable, but we know he's calling us to do it, and so we just sort of have to look past the circumstances, and we just say, Lord, I'm doing this as unto you. I'm doing this because you have asked me to do it, and that's the basis of my of my commitment to it. So in the relationship, sometimes that is the case. Now, Paul says, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church. So the husband is the head of the wife. Now again, as we go back to Genesis, we remember that man was made first. And see, this, this is why it's so important to study Genesis. It's so important because it takes us back to the very beginning. It takes us back to the foundational things. It takes us back to the origin of all these things. It takes us back to what God originally intended. And man was made first, and then the woman came from the man and... She was made for the man. So this idea of of male headship over the woman. Now, some argue and say, well, you know, man's leadership over the woman came as a result of the fall. And since we've been redeemed from the effects of the fall through our faith in Jesus Christ, we no longer in that position of having to be under the authority of the man. That, that's a feminist argument, theological argument from the feminist perspective. They say that the idea of, of male headship is it's just part of the curse, and we're out from under the curse because we're saved. But no, go back before the curse. We haven't gotten to the curse yet. And the woman was made from the man and for the man. Man and woman together collectively are always referred to as man. They are never referred to as woman. Speaking of that, um, somebody told me a couple days ago that they were, I can't remember who it was or what the context was, but they were watching somebody or, or they spoke to a pastor or something who, who was interviewed and they asked something about God. The, the interviewer asked something about God and the response was, oh, you know, she's doing, you know, this is what she's doing. Talking about God. So, you know, there, there's mass confusion over this issue in the culture today. Men and women together collectively are referred to as men. Now, there's something very dysfunctional when a woman tries to lead the relationship. It doesn't work simply because it's not the way it's supposed to be done. Let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. I want to tell you about a really fun book that I stumbled across recently. It's by Andrew Wilson, 
And it's a book called God of All Things, subtitle, Rediscovering the Sacred in an Everyday World. And the cover of the book kind of says it all. There's a bird, there's a pig, there's a tree, there's a flower, there's a salt shaker, a loaf of bread, a fish, there's rain. And Andrew does an amazing job of just looking at all of these common things around us and seeing different aspects of who God is and what he's done through those things. So I used it for a devotional time. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend Andrew Wilson's God of All Things. Again, this month's resource is a book titled God of All Things, Rediscovering the Sacred in an Everyday World by Andrew Wilson. You can order the book God of All Things by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The God of All Things by Andrew Wilson, to help you discover God is in the everyday things of life. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.